Welcome to a new season of what we're calling Open Door Policy Minisodes. Each minisode will have a specific theme, and we'll be revisiting some of the inspiring conversations we've had with guests from our previous seasons. Today, we're talking about the power of confession. Maybe you can recall the tenderness of Jesus that you experienced at your first reconciliation. Maybe the words of absolution are familiar phrases that carry tremendous peace each time you hear them. For many of us, though, the thought of going to confession might make our palms sweat or our heart race a little faster. There are few things we'll experience in this life that require as much vulnerability as confession does. Yet, the vulnerability we experience in the sacrament is always met with the unfailing, unending mercy of God. Some nervousness around the sacrament is common and understandable without a doubt. But when we fully embrace the ways Jesus desires to pour out his grace, encounter us with his mercy, and share the gift of confession with others, we receive a freedom and a peace that can't be found anywhere else. Check out what some of our Open Door Policy guests and our two hosts have had to say about the sacrament of confession. We'll start by recalling Father Jake Van Ash's reflections on the role of confession in his life during a season of conversion. Although he grew up in a faithful family and was exposed to the Catholic faith throughout his life, he shares that the word was, in a way, scattered on rocky ground and he struggled to receive the grace that God had for him. He shares in high school how he had little interest in sharing his faith, started to party and goof off in school, when really what he was searching for was a place to belong. One day, during a suspension from school, Father Jake opened his heart to the grace of God in a distinct way, which led him to the sacrament of confession, and eventually, things started to change. I was actually, I was suspended from high school. Wow, uh, I had, thanks for I had sharing two, it. Yeah, two, three-day suspension or so. I don't even remember what it was for at this point. I've been wow. suspended a few times here and there. Sure. Silly things. Um, but I remember my my day was spent, I was splitting firewood. Um and yeah, I, I remember where I was. I, I, I just, I finally said a prayer like, God, I'm not happy. Wow. I'm not happy here. And so what's going on? Do you, what's your plan here? And there was, uh, there was like a peace there that I hadn't experienced that no matter what group of friends I tried getting along with or tried to, to be a part of that, I realized I was a part of something much bigger. That's incredible, but, man. Yeah. Wow. I got the sense of like when you were sharing that, Jake, of, of, of somebody listening to this podcast and taking it and offering their teenage son or daughter like, hey, just just listen to like these six minutes of Father Jake's testimony because it's so powerful hearing as a, as a teenager how the Lord broke through in your heart. And I love that prayer, man. I mean, you could just outside split in the wood and I could picture a parent saying, just just go outside and just talk to the Lord for a little bit, see what happens. It definitely, I was, it was something beautiful, beautiful grace moment in life there. And going to mass then Man. didn't make it easier getting up at seven thirty in the morning. <laughs> you yeah. know, it takes well, a lot I of grace it, for that. It, it made it easier, I suppose. I understood it a little bit more, but no, like it, grace builds on nature. So like, right. so now my nature still needs to catch up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. So I, one of my favorite parts of the letter is like when it actually describes, and I think it's like guidepost nine and talking about it's encounter girl witness and encounter. And I just love that. It's like when 
you have encountered Christ, your life is changed forever. I just, I love that part. Um, and then, yeah, the grace builds over time, but I, when you're experiencing that as a teenager, like, what did you do? Did you, did you talk to your parents about it? Is that, did you feel you had people to talk to about it? Or have you just like, you know, sort of pondered these things in your heart and they're coming out with breaking news for the first time here. How did you respond to that sort of moment of feeling God's grace while you were chopping wood or that encounter of, of knowing you were loved and kind of realizing it for the first time? Yeah, thank you. I mean, that was, it's a great question. I, I believe it or not, I'm as I talk a lot and everything like that, but I'm actually pretty reserved. I'm actually pretty um, private, if you will. Like I don't, um, you know, I tell some people, I, I'm still nervous talking in front of people. It's like, you're in the wrong position here. But, um, but no, I believe it or not. I, so I, I really, at that time, I did not uh, open that up. And even like, I went back to school and like, like I started telling my friends, like, no, I don't like, I'm, I'm, that's not my thing anymore. Like, no, I'm not going to go drinking with you guys today or, you know, or we're not going to go to that party, whatever. Just, they just kind of noticed like there was something different, but I never really opened it up or even yeah. with my parents. I, I never really opened up, but there was a very powerful moment of, I needed to go to confession. Um, I knew like, I, I, I think I grew a lot in the faith. I, I think I had things maybe a little out of order in my own life. Like I knew a lot about church stuff, you know, my family just, you just receive it by osmosis, I suppose, to, when the faith is being lived. Um, but I had been avoiding that encounter. And so now it's kind of like, okay, now I've encountered something new here, something real. And I continued to encounter a, a new, but it's like, I knew I had, a, I, I needed a renewal here. I needed to go and confess. And so I did. I, I, um, I, I didn't think I, I was like, at the time I look back at it now as a priest and I laugh at it like, Oh yeah. Young, young Jake. Uh, uh, like I was like, I can't possibly go tell father white Like he's never heard these things before. <laughs> <laughs> he's only a priest for 50 years, but right. <laughs> uh, now I laugh at it. Realize like, Oh geez, after five days, you don't hear anything. <laughs> but, um, but it was something beautiful that I, I went and I encountered uh, the mercy of the Lord as well, this great divine mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation. And, and so that's what, that was a place where I really opened up my heart and I was able to share and, and it continued to grow. It continued to be nourished, even though I didn't share about it. I didn't right away share about that with even family or friends. They noticed, everybody kind of noticed there was something, oh, wow. um, there was something different mm -hmm. or like, he's not complaining about going to church or now he's going to like church now on Tuesdays. Wow. Um, he's teaching catechism. Well, you know, community service hours, I suppose that count. No, no, no. <laughs> 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 but, um, but, but no, it was, it was a, there was a time there where I just, I, I don't know. I rested in the Lord in those, in those years um, that I oh, still I kind that. of fought up against things, but it was, it was a growing, it was a growing and encountering uh, uh, joy pure joy. Father Jake's story highlights the way a small opening up to grace can turn things around for a person, an experience that focus missionary Anna Picasso can relate to in a very personal way. While in college and experiencing a conversion of her own, Anna knew she had to go to confession and ask God for forgiveness for her sins. But her encounter with Jesus wasn't that of a shameful child encountering a harsh parent. Rather, in her discussion with Emily and Father Patrick, Anna describes her experience as a chance to encounter the Father's love in a tender and loving way. 
Ever since then, she's received the graces to not only continue to seek the sacrament of confession, but also to have a sincere desire to go often. Take a listen. Something that I've realized over the years is that anytime you go to confession, like you're just getting the gift of grace to feel like you can go. <laughs> or like you were saying, like you're pacing outside saying like, Hey, this is either going to go well, or it's not. I'm either going to get the grace to walk in there and walk out with a fresh soul, or like, I'm going to, I'm going to still be in need of it basically. Mm. Um, and so, uh, talk to me a little bit more about that experience and what, what it was like for you to go back, especially after 10 years, which we know, you know, I mean, it's common that people take a long time to go. I'd love to dig more into that experience. It was such a pivotal moment in my life. And that, that seems to be the case, of course, for many people, you know, they fall away from the church for a long time. And what is the first thing they do? They go back to confession. And it's because we recognize that even when we don't know that there is a reconciling of us with the good father. And yeah, I, I remember when I was at yeah, I was sitting in that dinner, talking to that seminary, and I just knew it was a very clear, a very clear sign from the Holy Spirit of just, you have to go, you need to go. And there was so much weight and heaviness. And yeah, just all of these sins that I had never spoken aloud, never even dared to think about, um, that really were just holding so much resistance in my heart towards the Lord. And not letting him see me in the fullness of who I was. And so going to that encounter and being able to lay those things down, it really did feel, I have such a love and affection for the woman at the well. Um, that is like one of the most, yeah, just amazing stories to me and has really speaks to my heart. And I very much felt like that woman in that story of laying down all these things, of having Christ encounter me so so gently um, with such a tenderness, but also just the reality and firmness of this is what has happened, daughter. And this is what I want for you instead. And so I went into that confessional, <laughs> a mix of emotions and anxieties and all these things. And, and at the end of it felt for the first time too, which is incredible, just this real spiritual fatherhood from this man who was looking at me with such tenderness, such mercy, the person of Christ right in front of me. And I just felt at home, you know, the one who is lost is now found. And that is how I felt. It felt like I was coming home. Like I was the prodigal son returning to their father's embrace and Yes, we are. Oh, man, we have that beautiful opportunity to do that anytime, <laughs> anytime, literally anytime. It's amazing, <laughs> particularly in the season of Lent. Yeah, I want to just encourage everybody to embrace this beautiful sacrament that we have that really just yeah, it only brings us closer to the good father and is radically yeah just available for us and. I have found too, after time, you know, what was crazy was after that point and throughout my college career, and even as a missionary, there's a genuine desire for me to do it now. <laughs> there is, that is an increased grace when we allow ourselves to go to confession, when we humble ourselves and realize that he's calling us to more, there's a genuine desire in me now to do it more consistently, more often. And particularly in this season of Lent, when we have kind of these increased graces to be able to, to fast, to, to, um, yes, give of ourselves to have, to give even more in prayer. Yeah. Why not continually go to confession, to lay out all of those things, 
um, and truly enter into into this beautiful time in our church. Anna, if somebody said to you, um, but I'm I'm just scared of going to confession, and people mm. are like they say, you know, I just I'm just scared to go. Like, I, you know, uh, what would you say? Mm, that's a great question. Mm. Yeah, and that's certainly been a question and a statement that um, has occurred. I remember when I was a student missionary as well. I had I had a a girl in my Bible study that expressed to me that she was very afraid to go to confession that she hadn't in a really long time. And I asked her, can I go with you? And, and she said, yeah. So we went to confession together. I went before her to show her like it it will be well, it is good. And actually had the privilege. This was really wild, but to, sit in the confessional with her and like really abide with her in that. Um, I wasn't there for the actual confession, but just the leading up point and then being able to make sure she was comfortable enough and left. But even in that of just being able to totally walk with somebody in that process, um, that is, yeah, of course, something that we're called to. If somebody is afraid, I would say to them, like, (laughs) understandable. (laughs) I get it. I've been there. Totally. I still get nervous sometimes after all this time. Um, but the Lord wants to encounter us in our brokenness, in our sins. He wants to see us for the fullness of who we are. And of course he is not going to take those things from us, but wants us to freely give them to him in surrender and to lay all of the things that are keeping us away from him down at his feet. And so it comes from this desire of a loving, good father who wants to be in union with their daughter, with with their son. And so to be not afraid for the one who is waiting for you there has known you since the beginning of time, who like sees you with mercy, with tenderness, with such deep affection that he sent his only son to die for you and you alone. That is what I would say. Yeah. Amazing. It's so good. Go ahead. Uh, I, uh, I think that you're, what you've said, one, it just reveals again, your, your, great gift to be able to walk with people that in that moment, your response was, can I go with you? Not even like, (laughs) let me tell you about it, but like, let me go with you and walk with you physically, like up to the moment, as far as I can, like Mm -hmm. to be with you there. That's just so beautiful. I've never even thought about it like that way. I always talk about, you know, my own experience too. And, um, what a great reminder that you can literally like offer to go and be with people. Um, I think that one of the things that surprises me always about confession is like, yeah, even with all the anxiety, no matter how often you're going, sometimes there's just anxiety because you like, it's, it's, you have to repent. You have to give something up. You have to let go of your sins and do it authentically to make a good confession. And then, but every time it's always surprising to me, like how easy it is there, how, how over easily flowing and overflowing Mm -hmm. is God's mercy, right. That, that you just go in and, and you receive it and, and there, and, you know, especially in a good confession, like, yeah, it's just, God's never holding it back from you ever. He's never going to hold his mercy back from you. And, um, that reassurance for me, every time, every time I want to go, I want to go more. And the, the times where I, I, I try and like, and really like beg for the grace to go is when I start to be scared of it. As soon as I start to be scared of it, I'm like, God, help me go, help me go back because I, that's when I know I need it the most. The gift of grace received in the sacrament of confession is too good to not share with others. 
Our guest from the spring, Eileen Newell, shares beautifully about her dream for confession to be more widely discussed and promoted within our Catholic communities. Reflecting on this, our co-hosts, Father Patrick Gagno and Emily Mentock, share their sides of the confessional, a.k.a. what it's like from the perspective of a priest and from the perspective of a layperson. They emphasize that no matter how persistent the pre-confession nerves might be, Jesus's mercy is always available. And thank God for the times when he gives us the grace to seek it out. Hey, Eileen, we love to ask people, what's, what are, what's a dream on your heart these days? Something you would love to see the Lord do. Maybe it's in, in your life, your family, the church, uh, all three categories. Feel free to answer however you want. But some of the desires of your heart, the dreams, like, Lord, I can't wait to see this. Confession, right? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I mean, and priests are very encouraging about going to confession, but I actually don't think we talk about going to Mm. confession. And when you can actually have a really good conversation with someone about the the fruits, right. Of confession or helping someone get over the hurdles that they have. Right. And it's scary. Right. I mean, like when you aren't used to going and even when you are used to going, right. If there's something that's weighing on your heart, being able to get it out, you know, but, but knowing that God's mercy is so deep, right. To get over the the human fears, right. To be able to put your trust in the Lord. Um, you know, I think those two items um, are something very practical that we can do in our every day that I think bring people closer. I hope I'm not wrong. I think, and it's not everywhere and all the time, perhaps absolutely true, but I do think for all of our listeners that confession brings out the best in a priest because a priest knows he's in need of mercy too. And we're not there to judge people. Um, But Jesus has made a judgment that the people that are about to get absolved are worthy of his blood, worthy of his death. And so the measure with which we measure will be measured onto us. And I I think that confession, it's it's a real tenderizer of the heart of a priest. So Lord, bless anybody out there who's maybe a little scared about confession uh, to, to experience that mercy and bless all the priests to reflect the mercy of Jesus. What's up, Emily? I was, I was going to say flip side. Thanks for that perspective, Father Patrick, um, because to hear from priests always like how they experience confession. Cause I think for us, uh, us, uh, lay people it is like Eileen said, it can be intimidating. Even if you go often, I've, I've been blessed to go in the habit of going fairly often, but it still can be really scary at times. So to know, like, like you said that it can bring out the best in a priest and I would say, and tenderize the hearts, I would say can tenderize the hearts of people going, I think like confession for me is again, kind of, and this is like almost full circle from kind of what I said about St. Paul and grace earlier, but like, because it can be so intimidating, always realizing that like getting over that fear or Mm. anything that's holding you back from going is the gift of grace that you're there. I love when priests are like, just like, thank you for being here. Thank you for making a confession or a good confession. And to recognize like that is the gift of grace of your faith to then to get over that, to go and to be reconciled with the Lord. Being a joyful missionary disciple always starts by encountering Jesus, but he invites us back for encounter after encounter throughout our entire lives. And one of the sweetest, most tender places of encounter is in the confessional where we get to bring everything to Jesus, even those parts we regret the most. And he looks at us, reminds us of his love and frees us from our sin. Praise God for the grace he gives us that gets us to confession and praise God for the grace he gives us when we get there. Seek out an opportunity to go to confession at a parish near you by visiting confessionsfinder.org today. His mercy is always available. Thanks for listening to Open Door Policy. 
You can find more episodes at unleashthegospel.org forward slash podcast, or find us on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Music. See you next time.